Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. I'm Haley, your guide to love. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Rakim Sekou here, and he is a relationship coach. Welcome. Thanks for having me here, Haley. I'm really glad to be here. Yes, and I'm so excited to talk with you because we know similar people, and I love connecting with other people that are doing similar work. So tell everybody what you're doing. Well, I run a company called the Progressive Love Academy with my wife, Kenya, also known as Juju Mama. And uh, basically, we teach about love, relationships, uh, self-empowerment, and you know how to create the life that you want. And we've been doing that for about 15 years uh, in different forms. And it's been really you know, a great experience for us. Uh, we have a few thousand people at the academy. And um, you know, we're excited about the work that we're doing. It's, it's, it's been helpful for us as a family and our relationship. And we're happy to share with other folks, you know, around the world, basically. Oh, wow. That is amazing. You've been doing it that long. Yes. Yes. So what is the number one problem that people come to you for? Well, most people are trying to really get the kind of relationship, um, you know, happiness and structure that they want. Right. Uh, so we either have people who are in relationships who aren't happy with how things are going, or we have people who are trying to find their ideal partner. and that's primarily most of the work that we do and you know the way we teach people to kind of overcome whatever obstacles they're facing is to teach them about relationships so talk about you know the foundation of relating but then also about manifestation like okay what do i need to do to kind of create my life and do i believe i can create my life and what are some of the principles governing that and so when you combine those two aspects learning about relating and manifestation then people are able to like really focus on that and kind of open um, their eyes to the possibilities of what they could have. And they really have, you know, really good experiences, really good transformational experiences. So that's why we say our, our primary, um, you know, phrase that we talk about the academy is I create my life. Because the question is, what do you really want? Not what somebody's trying to tell you you should have, but what, you know, what do you feel you could have? If you could wave the magic wand, what would it be? And so we really help people create the lives that they want. Oh, I love that. Yes. Okay. So go into that. How do you think, because do most people come to you and then they have the belief that they can't do it? Well, yeah, they do, but they don't know they have that belief. So most people, Mm -hmm. they have an idea of what they want already. And then as we talk about relationships and what the possibilities are, it just opens their mind up to, you know, other options or other opportunities. It also gets them in touch with some of the things they wanted when they were a child, but were told no, or they felt discouraged at some point that they couldn't have that. And so we just kind of open things up so that people can really decide what they want. Because a lot of the challenges that folks are having is that they're trying to fit like this huge vision of who they think they can be or believe they can be into this small box, right? And mm-hmm. that box might be, you know, relating with somebody they think they're supposed to be with or, you know, you know, living in a particular city or place as opposed to traveling the world or whatever it is. And so we just try to expand that box for them so their the vision of who they are and who they actually are as, as, you know, divine, beautiful beings can actually express itself. And um, so that's the main thing we do is we want people just to understand what the possibilities are and to believe that they can actually achieve that. And if you can conceive it, then you can actually, you know, pursue it and make it happen. Mm. Yeah, I love that because I think that, um, okay, so when it comes to relating relationships, do you think that a lot of people end up settling with this person that, oh, this person's kind of what I want, so I guess I'll be with them? Yeah, I think most people settle. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's deeper than that. I think most people don't really understand what the relationship landscape actually is. Like, I think most people aren't really in touch with like their own sexuality, for example. Mm-hmm. They don't have a concept of, of the honeymoon phase of relationships and, and what that looks like versus the phase that follows and how that can actually affect your relationships. They don't understand how children can affect how you feel about your partner. You know, after you have children, you know, you're going to look at your partner differently. A lot of that's just like biological stuff. It's just, my wife used to tell me like, yeah, after we ha- I had my first son, I, you know, Rakim, you smelled different to me and you looked different to me. Like just things changed, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I think that, you know, the more people can understand what relating actually is, um, not just, again, the fantasy of relating and what we've been sold, you know, through the romance novels and romance movies, but like who we are as, as spiritual beings, as biological beings, then we can kind of marry those two things together and people can, can create a more realistic expectation for themselves and their partner. Um, yes, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think that, do you think that we are, because one thing that I've noticed by doing this work is the, um, you know, all those Disney movies and all that has really ruined it for people. Mm-hmm. Like women, mm-hmm. like, or at least for me as a woman, like no woman wants to be saved. <laughs> you know, it's always like the guy whisking up and saving her. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, it's created a, a, uh, a narrative around male superiority, which is not cool, which is like, you know, you know, the, the man is the strong one and the woman needs to be saved. And so that's something we try to to recreate the narrative on as well, which is like, no, as a woman, you can create what you want. You know, you can be the dominant if you want, or you can be the submissive. You can be inside your masculine or you can be inside your feminine. You can do whatever you want. You know, you can be the queen of your castle and you can choose to have a king or or not have a king or, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's the thing, like, you know, if you believe that, it's all about the romantic marriage and you being saved or you being chosen, then that's going to be a problem. Like an example is like, we talk about the feminine choice paradigm at the Progressive Love Academy, which talks about the four or five reasons that women choose a partner. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, we, we try to have, have women understand like, look, these choices are valid. You know, like if you're sexually attracted to somebody to the point where you can feel them in your womb, then that's just as valid as when you are attracted to somebody because of how responsible they are and, and how handsome they are. Or if you're attracted to somebody because of, you know, how they make you feel special and shower you with, with, with amazing words mm-hmm. and amazing mm-hmm. gifts and trips and, and those types of things. Or if, or if you're attracted to somebody because of how wise you see them or you see them as just somebody who can help, help you expand spiritually. Like all those things are valid attractions. Yeah. So one of the things that, that, that happens with women is you try to get all those things in one man or one partner, <laughs> yeah. and that doesn't really work out. You know what I mean? And the thing is, these needs are real. They're not like just superficial things. So, yeah, you might be happy with a particular partner, you know, for the first five years, and then mm-hmm. some other needs start to kick in. Some other desires start to kick in. And that, what do you do? And you're not getting it from your current partner, and so now you're kind of mad at him, and you're resentful, and, and things kind of fall you know, into a bad place from there. So again, like just mm. understanding the whole concept of choice, you know, and teaching men about choice as well. Like, look, a woman's going to choose you. And when she chooses you, like there's going to be, there's a profound intelligence in that choice. Like 
don't just look at the superficial stuff like, oh, I'm, you know, not attracted to her or whatever. Like, no, like, let's go deep. Let's go into energetic attraction. Let's go into, you know, how you can benefit as a man by honoring a woman's, you know, intuition and feeling and, and seeing where things go. Doesn't mean you got to be in a, in a relationship with her right off the bat or exclusive or whatever, but just see where it's going. And so we're teaching people to understand and honor this whole choice and why we're attracted to people and what those attractions are supposed to be for and et cetera. So mm. that's an important thing, you know? Wow. And I love that you said that though. So are you saying, um, okay, so say someone wants to manifest a partner you know how a lot of times people say, oh, you need to make a list of what mm -hmm. are the qualities you want to manifest. And then you need to be what's on that sheet. Like, say, if you want to be with someone fit and healthy, you need to be that. Like, what do you mm -hmm. say about that? I mean, I think that's fine. You know what I mean? I think it depends on what you're looking for. Like, I think you need to be honest about what you're looking for. So if you want, for example, a husband and you want a family and you want somebody that you feel good bringing home the mom and stuff like mm -hmm. that, yeah. then what I would say is, you know, what I would tell women is like, look, we call those men support choices, okay? And what that means is that these men are very present. They kind of have their stuff together. You know, financially, they're pretty solid, and they're, they're very responsible and stuff like that. Um, the sex is going to be decent, but it's not going to be great. It's not going to be like, necessarily, it's not going to be like, you know, what we call like a womb choice, which is like the guy who like just completely like gives you all these orgasms and kind of oh. takes your mind away and stuff like that. Like, that's a different guy. Like that's, that guy is meant to kind of heal you and, you know, and, and bring you outside of your, the limitations you've, you set up for your body and mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so I would say, well, don't try to force your womb choice, which is the guy you're sexually into to be your husband per se, because chances are he's not going to be that responsible guy. And, mm -hmm. or he probably has a lot of women who, who are after him and is, he's not going to be able to fit into that box. And, it, and what we tell women is like, look, it's okay if you marry a guy who's like your friend, who, again, the sexual connection is cool, um, and he's really responsible, and, but he's not like your ultimate, ultimate, you know, connection or twin flame or whatever people are going to call it. So it's okay. But, but you want to have those adult conversations with your partner where you don't make him feel like he's more than what he actually is you don't make him feel like you know he was your number one sexual experience you don't make him feel like you Do know not make him like that no because you want to be honest about it oh because, because like as a woman you want him to tell you the truth too about where you actually are within his pantheon mm -hmm. of experiences right you don't want to yeah. you don't want him to lie to you and be like no you're my ultimate love like no he was really in love with some other woman but she wasn't even really interested in him or didn't give him a chance or whatever. And it's okay to, it's okay for us to have other desires, other attractions mm -hmm. and talk, talk about that with each other. Because if you're able to talk about that stuff with your partner, then that builds closeness and intimacy. And when you build closeness and intimacy and you can talk about anything, now you've created a bond where you can last through anything. So even wow. if you so even if you and I are married, you come to me one day and say, hey, Rakim, you know, uh, I was really sad the other day because I was online on Facebook and I saw my ex-boyfriend got engaged and mm -hmm. I was so fucking in love with him and X, Y, and Z. And I was, I was sad for like three days about it. Like mm -hmm. right now, monogamy, you can't tell your, part, your husband that because he's, 
he's not used to hearing that kind of truth from his wife. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And same thing with vice versa. Like a man can't say that about, I saw my ex-girlfriend got engaged and I've been depressed for the past, you know, week. You know, like you can't really have those conversations. But when you open it up and have, and we step into like a mature adult mode that's realistic, now we can have those conversations and now you build closeness and intimacy with your partner. And she's, she can be like, well, you know what? I understand how you feel. You know what I'm saying? Because I went through something similar like a couple of years ago when my ex got married or the mm-hmm. guy I wanted to be with wouldn't be with me. And I know that feels like crap and I'm here to support you through it. And we can, you know what I'm saying? Like that's what we got to get to in terms of relationships. We got to get to, mm. you know, the adult place, you know, as opposed to where we are right now. If you look at the infidelity rate, it's above 60%. Yeah, I think it's even higher than that. But um you know, we don't we, we want to get away from the secrets and, and the lack of trust and, you know, the lack of transparency when we talk about marriage and these committed long term relationships, because there's just no reason you shouldn't be able to talk to your partner about absolutely anything. Oh, my gosh. OK. <laughs> Whoa. I love everything <laughs> you just said. I was like, well, um, OK, so the first thing I want to say is the womb choice. I've actually heard someone mention that before, but now the way you explained it makes sense. Yes. I was with a womb choice last year and it was like the most credible sexual experiences, but I knew, I knew right away we couldn't have ever, you know, been together on a, a different level. But I also yeah. feel like for me, it's kind of hard because how, like I want the amazing sexual connection and the emotional. And I think a lot of times the women, or at least for me in the past, I would attract a guy. He's a great teddy bear, great relationship, sweet guy, but the sexual isn't there. So yeah. can you have it all? Can you have the emotional with the sexual? I mean, uh, you know, I never say never. You know, you, first of all, you can marry your womb choice. You know, a lot of women marry their womb choice. Oh, they do? The sex is great. Oh, yeah, you can marry your womb choice. Now, in, so let me give you an example of what that looks like. Um, so you can identify these couples. Mm-hmm. So if, if you see a couple together... And the woman's complaining that the man's not doing the other stuff that might not have a, a steady job, oh. might not be really spending time with the kids or fathering the kids in a certain way, uh, might not be emotionally in touch with her and like, you know, be willing to sit down and just hold her and, and talk mm-hmm. through stuff like that's yeah. that might be a woman who married her womb choice. Sex is great. So good that she'll put up with all the BS and and. You know, even when you see women, they're in, in abusive situations and, and women are like, man, why would you stay with a guy like that? <laughs> OK, well, the reason why is because he's a, probably a womb choice. Right. So he, mm. he that man has touched her in a way physically and sexually and in a few other ways that no other man on the planet has ever done. And she kind of intuitively believes or knows that she's not going to go out and find that tomorrow with somebody else. So she's like, OK, I've been with like 20 guys or whatever. Um, this guy is like way 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 far and above what the other men have been to me sexually and, and intimately am i really going to trade that like i the last 19 guys are nowhere near that what's the probability of me finding a similar guy so they end up staying in that situation and i would tell those women like well look here's what's happening you you married your womb choice or mm. you're with your womb choice and he's not going to be able to to show up for you in these other ways he's just not because it's like it's like a beautiful woman right Mm-hmm. Or a very handsome man like who's a model. Like, you tend to leverage your strength. And a lot of these men, they're not just, you know, sexual dynamos for you. They're sexual dynamos for other people they've been with as well. Mm-hmm. And they kind of 
they don't really develop the other stuff, the responsibility and hmm. you know what I'm saying? So again, I'm not saying it can't happen. Yeah, it's possible that a man can be all those things, but generally it, it's not. And I'll say this last thing, Haley, before you jump in. The other part of it too is even if you're with him and things are going well, the sexual, the sex is great. He's responsible, present, all those things. Again, you still, when you domesticate human beings, we lose our nature. We, we, we lose our wild nature. And so those things begin to wear off, right? So part of, part of the thing that brings passion to, into play in relationships is the fact that you're separate. You know, you ever have oh, a long-distance yeah. relationship and you come together and the sex is like just out of this world. And, and then you domesticate everybody and bring them in under one roof. When you take two magnets and you start rubbing them together, they start to lose that magnetism for each other. And that's going to wear it out after a while. And so you're left needing after like year seven or 10, like, man, I really love the days when things were super passionate. Like there was an actor and actress, they, did a, they just did an Instagram live. I forget the name, uh, Boris Koji and his wife. And um, she made a statement. They've been married for like 20 something years. She made a statement like, I miss being a girlfriend. I miss having a boyfriend. I miss, you know, the guy coming up behind me when I'm in the kitchen and doing the mm -hmm. spontaneous stuff. Like that stuff wears down when you're in a, in a domesticated relationship with somebody. But the, the need for it, the desire for it doesn't go anywhere. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So a lot of women see themselves like just, especially when you get into your, your mid to late 30s, when your sex drive kicks in as a woman, you're like, man, I really want this passion. I want this intensity. And right now, what most women are doing is just kind of, you know, just kind of cheating. Uh, so if you oh, work like cheating? the soccer, oh yeah. So if you work like a lot of the, the coaching lines and and psychic hotlines, like most of the people calling in are women who are trying to figure out how to be with their boyfriends in, in spite of their husbands, right? So you know that's like that's like the new craze over the past 10, 15 years, which is like women like really saying, you know what, I'm gonna go out and find a man who's gonna bring me passion in my relationship but I'm not going to be open with my husband about it. I'm not going to divorce him. until I know my womb choice or whatever definitely wants to marry me, et cetera. And so it would be better if people just had these mm. discussions with each other and, and try to work something out like open relating or polyamory. Okay. Whoa. You're saying <laughs> this is crazy. It's a lot, huh? That is a lot. Um, okay. So can someone marry their support choice and have the hot sex? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, or do I have to have the, the, the fuck boy or the womb choice? <laughs> you know? Like, how does this work? <laughs> well, again, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I'm going to say generally it doesn't happen, but sure, it's possible. You can have your support choice uh, and the sex be great, mm -hmm. be hot. But again, I'm just warning couples that things change because we're really not meant to. We're not meant to do monogamy. Yeah, we're not meant to be monogamous. I mean, even from a, a procreative standpoint, you know, as a human species, we're going to survive much better if we cross mate, you know what I'm saying? So if you have a child by this person and that person and that person, the probability that one of those children is going to be like super strong or a genius or whatever is, is a lot higher than if mm -hmm. we all just get with one person for our entire life and then mate that way. So we're just not meant to be with one person. But yeah, anything's possible. You know, anything's possible. Uh, one of the things that you can do is you can just switch your mindset. You can learn to love people unconditionally and say, you know what? He's not doing this and not doing that, but I'm going to love him anyway. And just like 
let go of all your conditionings and all of your expectations and all those previous desires that you had um, and just learn to love in a new way. But that takes a lot of work. Okay. So what about this woman? Cause you know, I'm a relationship coach too. And I, I try to, you know, there's so many different uh, theories out there, right? What you're mm -hmm. saying is we're actually not monogamous. We need to learn to open our mindset more, be more open relating. But then you also have those other people that are like monogamy hardcore. And I would never do that. Yep. So can people in monogamy be in a great sexual relationship? Like I know you. Well, I, again, like, for example, let's take the womb choice, for example. Mm -hmm. A lot of you can marry your womb choice. And then the sex is going to be great. And, and maybe he does show up in other areas. So yeah. I, I think it is definitely possible. And the other thing, what I would say to monogamous folks is like, look, like just, you know, just change your, your expectations from the, at least from the fantasy. You know what I'm saying? Where you, you meet your knight in shine armor and you guys drive off into the sunset and uh, live happily yeah. ever after and it stays passionate for the next 70 years. I'm just saying that's not realistic and you, and you shouldn't set yourself up for that type of thing. Um, but yeah, Did you have to possible. work for it? Is that what you're saying? Well, again, based on the fact that things change over time. So what I want is going to change. My, my attraction is going to change. So are yours. Um, you know, if we're living the same, under the same roof, Again, the magnetism is naturally going to decrease just from the fact that we live together. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's going to happen. Um, and if we understand that as a monogamous couple, then we can maybe work, you know what I'm saying, to, to fight against that. Like maybe I take some trips by myself just to, to create some separation. Maybe you hang with the girls more and then that creates some, some distance and individuality, which is attractive because when I met you, you were individual and I wasn't with you and you were doing your thing. And that made you even more intriguing. Like the mystery, like who was Haley? And, you know, I want to know mm. more about it. Like that's where the passion comes from. And you was like, well, who was Rakim? And I want to know more about him. And that's, that brings us together passionately and powerfully. And that allows us to have that passion and intense sex. But after I know all your mysteries and there's no more mystery and you don't have anything else you want to really know about me, then that's when a lot of that, starts to wear down mm, so again okay. i think for monogamous couples you've got to be aware of these things and you have to do things intentionally to kind of fight against the monotony of marriage and monogamy if that makes sense yes it completely makes sense and i even want to bring this point too is the fact that you know people are in quarantine and i've heard that the divorce rate is going to go up after quarantine what do you think about yep. that yeah, divorce rate's going to go up. The, we already know the domestic abuse rate's going up. Which that makes And not sense. even just what's reported, but because, again, we talk about the masculine and feminine sides of even stuff like abuse. So I know psychologically and mentally and emotionally, people are being abused in relationships. And those things don't get reported because they're not illegal, right? So you can psychologically abuse somebody for a long time before you could even let somebody know that's, being ha that's happening to you as well as the physical abuse. So people are, are coming together um, more than they're used to because their natural escape mechanisms are being taken away from them. Mm -hmm. Like in this culture, we're used to escaping into stuff, whether it's social media or whatever, just to like be able to cope with our job, escaping the coffee and stimulants to get through a job, whatever it is. So those are being taken away and now people are forced to deal with each other. And that's why at the Progressive Love Academy, we talk about tools. Because you need tools to, like, work things out. So I know if I'm getting agitated with my wife, 
that I need to know, okay, where's that coming from? You know, like, oh, it's because, you know, a part of me is not being fed and I'm taking it out on her mm-hmm. or looking at her as the object of my, you know, sadness or whatever. And let me, instead of putting it on her, let me, let me try to feed that, that need in another way. So, for example, my wife and I, we're in, we're in an open marriage. And, you know, if I, if I have a need, then I deal with that need in another way. Like, I'll talk to somebody else or, or communicate with somebody else or whatever. And that's how I can kind of be fed so I don't put all that pressure on her to be everything for me. Because if I, if I do that, which is not, it's not even humane to do that to somebody, to say, you got to be my all and everything. You know, my, my only sexual partner my only person for intimacy, my only person to show me empathy, my only person to show me compassion, my only person I can share my secrets with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like, that's too much to put on somebody. So I got to take some of that burden off of her and like spread it out amongst my friends and community or from me, my other partners or whatever. So, you know, I think we got to get into those tools as ways to cope, especially during a quarantine season. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that makes me so sad to hear about the domestic violence going up because I think that that would be the worst to have to deal with that on top of being in quarantine. Yeah. And I think, you know, people need space. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, a lot of um, the challenges that we have also are because of what I call, you know, people wouldn't agree with this, but a lot of us are kind of living in a poverty situation. When I say poverty, not that we don't have any money per se, but we're in two close quarters. Like we're on top of each other. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you need to go. It, it would be so amazing. Let's say a couple was together and like the guy had his wing of the house that he could go to and just like, kind of chill and just decompress. And the woman had her wing of the house she could go to and chill and decompress. And, you know, and we had a community. Like I used to live in community, my wife, and it was 16 other people. And we had three children, but we might not see our children all day or have to deal with them intensely because they'd be playing with the other kids mm-hmm. or the teenagers would have them or the other adults would have them out somewhere. And so you get a chance to kind of decompress. And to me, you need that for your own mental health. Mm-hmm. You cannot be on top of somebody 24 seven and think you're going to be okay. You, you need to be able to go just like gather your thoughts, you know, have some, some physical space to yourself and chill out or whatever. And we just don't have that in most of our homes. You know, well, uh, so for example, my wife and I, we have our, say what? I said, especially those people in really big cities and teeny little apartments. That's oh, awful. yeah. <laughs> no, it's we used to live in New York City for a year and we were in a, uh, a five bedroom apartment. But my wife and I and our children, we shared just two bedrooms. Yeah. There's me, my wife, three kids and two dogs in two bedrooms. And it's just it's not enough space, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why when I was in New York City, I enjoyed going out every day. So I'd take the kids to school in the morning and I would stay out for like half the day, just kind of like being in the city and, and kind of chilling because there's no room in the apartment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you, we need space as human beings. We can't, we can't. And it's unfortunate, Haley, because a lot of the relationship issues we have, we all, we always put it on like, well, it's finances or lack of communication. Uh-huh. Or people just aren't getting along. No, it's like, it could be your environment. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It could be, the fact you don't have your own room, you know, you, or you are not getting away from each other enough throughout the year just to be yourself or hang with the girls or hang with the guys or do a solo trip. Like, let me just go for a week and explore the Grand Canyon and whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, just find yourself 
And again, that's going to make you more attractive to your partner because they're going to want to, how was the trip? And you're going to come back brand new and you've learned so much. And that's, that it helps to create the mystery again and some of the magnetism. Mm. And you were bringing up such great points though, because I've never thought about the environment situation until now, which of course, mm-hmm. quarantine is probably magnifying that. Yeah, exactly. Solo trip. Like, I think that sounds amazing. I was yeah. in last year um, for New Year's. Where were I, you? I mean, Bali. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I met up with like, I knew two people there, but other than that, I didn't know anybody. And so it was like this thrilling experience of like a new environment. Good for you. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's not about everybody's got to travel halfway around the world, but you know, I think it's, it's experience like that really grow you. You mm-hmm. know, they really add to who you are as an individual. So I think people, I think couples should look at that. You have to maintain your individuality, and you know, it's important to honor that. You know, within a marriage. Yes, I agree with you about that. Okay, so how, what else would you tell people, especially for quarantine? I know that they're not able to, you know, like how do you fix that? Um, you know, one of the big things too is like, again, this is all kind of intricate, um, but health is important. You mm-hmm. know, I think a lot of times that when people, what, what, what coaches tend to overlook is like, you know, when people have an issue, it's like, well, how is your health? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you in, in pretty good physical condition? Are you, are you in pretty good mental condition, emotional condition? Meaning like, are you going out and getting fresh air? Uh, are you exercising and kind of keeping the blood moving? Are you doing things that are keeping your mind engaged? Because again, you know, if you're, cl- if you're kind of clustered in with all these folks, your husband, your kids and whatever, then that's a lot of pressure on the physical and emotional body. And you, it's, can kind of wear you down to a, to a degree. Like I used to experience something similar. I used to work in corporate America, like being around the same folks in the same cubicles, like every day, it just kind of, it tends to wear you down, mm-hmm. you know, um, as opposed to when I was traveling on my job and I was seeing new people and working out different offices, it's kind of reinvigorated me. So I think, you know, physically, you know, if we can make sure we're getting exercise, if we can make sure that we're challenging our, our minds, uh, seeing, new environments or whatever, I think that will help as well, you know, because when you're not in good physical health, then it, it impedes your ability to be rational. Um, it can drop your IQ a few points, you know what I'm saying? So what means you can't be very emotionally intelligent. You can't problem solve very well. And now you have these two people who are like, their physical health is decreasing and they have less assets and capability to kind of deal with the issues that, are, that they're facing. So like, no, make sure you stay on top of your physical health, eat good food, um, you know, bring some flowers into your environment, fresh flowers, fresh fruit baskets, like just make sure everything looks great. Keep the, keep the place clean. That'll help keep your mind clear and free as well. So that would be another piece of advice I would give people. Oh, wow. That's great. Okay. So what final takeaway would you want to leave people with? I know we talked about a lot. Yeah, I would just, you know, my thing is like what I said in the beginning, which is, you know, you can create what you want You know, like, don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to fit in somebody's box about relationships or what love is. Uh, if you want to love somebody and, you know, your mom said, well, no, I don't like that person. Well, it doesn't matter. Like if you love that person then love that person, if you want to love multiple people, um, if you, if you believe that, you know, if this love is just for a season, then, then go ahead and engage and just for a season with that person. That's a big thing, Haley, that I have too, is like people assume that all these connections are for a lifetime. 
and they kind of get in their mind that's for a lifetime. But realizing that really my best connections have been with people for a season, you know, just like you have a, like a really great summer one summer and you did all these things and it's, it's provided great memories and really grew you. So my thing is like, yeah, just create what you want for your life, uh, for your relationships and, you know, you know, try to get in contact with that inner you that really has those, those primal desires about what life can be for you and, and go for it. Mm, I love that. Okay, so where can everybody find you? They can find us at the Progressive Love Academy, so progressiveloveacademy.com. Um, you know, you can look at our courses there, and there's also some contact information if you have particular questions for us as well. Okay, thank you so much for joining me. This was a great conversation to have with everything going on, so I feel like this will be really beneficial. And everybody, be sure to subscribe, comment, let us know what you think on Instagram, and I will talk with you later. Bye.